Luke chapter 14, verses 16 through 24. If you've got your Bibles with you, uh, go ahead and open them there. If you found your, your place, um, we want you to uh, stand with me as we honor the reading of the Word of the Lord. If you don't have your Bibles, it should be on the screen there for you to follow along. And uh, the Gospel of Luke, in chapter 14, Jesus is uh, telling us a little parable here. And uh, he starts here in verse 16, Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many. And he sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. For they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go and prove them. I pray thee, me be excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed unto the Lord these things, and then the master of the house became angry, and said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes and of the city, and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant of the Lord uh, said unto the Lord, It is done, and thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men that were uh, bidden shall take of my supper." Father, we ask that as we hear this parable being told by the words of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ, we're, we're asked of ourselves, what do they mean to us today? And Lord, we realize that they are uh, an instruction for us to, to go. That it is go time. It is the time for us to get up and to go out and to do what God has called us to do and to compel others to come unto you. So, Father, I pray that you would take the word of the Lord this morning and speak unto the hearts of your people and motivate us for go time. And so, Lord, we just pray that you administer your grace to and through us, O Lord. Hide me behind the cross. Let it not be my word, but your word that is proclaimed here this morning. And your servants will hear it and heed it and obey it. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. You know, I had some folks tell me that they were going to a college football game this weekend, and, and I got to thinking, but, you know, what is most exciting about going to live games? Um, what is that, that thing that gets the crowd all pumped up and, and, and excited about uh, the activities that are about to happen and gets the team fired up when things aren't looking quite so good? It's the cheerleaders, you know. It's that group of people that are assigned to pump up the crowd, to, to get it moving, to, to, to say, it's go time. Let's get out there and let's win for, for our team. Let's go out and, and do this for the coach. Well, here today, I want you to know it's go time. It's time to go for Jesus. I thought about uh, naming the message, it's time to go, but I was afraid many of you would think I was finished and get up and go without knowing where you were supposed to go. So I've entitled the message this morning, it's go time. 
Well, I know some of you might be asking, well, preacher, where in the world do you want us to go? And I'm glad you asked because I want to tell you this morning. So, Ian, if you'll come and give me a hand here, just a minute. And I know your eyes aren't any better than mine, so you won't see this as, as you need to, but uh, there you go. Hold that side right up there. Now, anybody have an idea of what this is? Go ahead and say it out loud. It's an Ashe County map, exactly. But you know what it also is? It's opportunity. It is an opportunity for us to reach our neighbors for Christ. It's an opportunity for us to know that we've got people in Ashe County. As a matter of fact, they tell us statistically that there are 12,000 homes in Ashe County. And what we want to do is we want to saturate every home in Ashe County with the gospel of Jesus Christ in the next year. And we want to begin this month. Some of our churches have already begun to take roads and adopt them and go up and down the roads and to share the gospel. And I'm going to tell you how we as a church are going to do that starting this week. How that you can be a part of reaching your neighbor for Christ. How that you can see the opportunity that is before you and get excited and say, it is go time. Thank you, young man. All right. So I wanted you to see that there is an opportunity before us. I hope that you will all go when, I, when you say, well, preacher, where do you want us to go? I want you to go up the street. I want you to go across the street. I want you to go down the street. I want you to go to every house in our area. I want us as a church to, to saturate our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you might be saying, well, preacher, how do I do that? Do I do it like the guys, the, the couple on the, the, the video this morning? Do I knock on their door and say, I want to wash your feet? No, that's probably going to freak people out. That was to show you how not to do it. Now I'm going to talk about how you can do it in a way in which you can do it and you can be involved. And everybody that is sitting here, everybody that is hearing my voice can be involved in this. And by the way, let me just make it very clear to begin with, everybody that is here today, everybody that hears my voice should be involved. All right, not only could, but should. Now, you might be saying, well, preacher, saturating USA or saturate ice, you know, how do we do that? I told you a few weeks ago that we have been blessed by a donor to, uh, that has done this all for all across America. Every home in the United States has, has been purchased these three items right here. It is a DVD of the Jesus film. It is a DVD in which shares with uh, folks the life story of Jesus. It is one of the best films that I've ever seen. I've used this in, in, the, in, in, in South Africa, out in the bush, where we took around a generator and an old uh, um, uh, projector and showed this in many, many community buildings uh, uh, in the backwoods of South Africa. I watched hundreds of people come to Christ by just watching and hearing this movie in their language. You know, by the way, you say, well, preacher, what about the fact of the people that don't speak English? Well, guess what? On this video is many different languages. And by the way, if they uh, uh, so choose, they can use the online version and they can get it in many more versions of language. Now, not only is there a DVD, and not only is there a track that I want you to become aware of, of how to share Jesus Christ with your neighbors, uh, is also a little bag. 
And this little plastic bag, as you notice, has a hole in it. See that? Now, what do you think that hole is for? Doorknob. So there will be people that won't be home when we go out and do that. So there will be that in there. Oh, by the way, you know, that would be great just to give them the track and to give them the, uh, the DVD. But we're going to personalize it and with a couple of other items in here that we're going to need your help with. And I'll tell you about it a little bit later. But I'll tell you what those items are. We're going to put a bag of popcorn in. Who likes to watch a movie and have popcorn? Yes. Uh, I, I mean, it just goes. That's why I go to see Tony, because he has popcorn. And, and I really wanted to put my, my personal favorite in there. I wanted to put a Reese's peanut butter cup in there with it, because if you haven't ever had popcorn and Reese's peanut butter cup at the same time, you don't know what you're missing. However, I was afraid you all would eat the peanut butter cup and it wouldn't get there, so, and, or it would melt. So we're not doing that. But we are going to put a bag of popcorn in there with a sticker on the bag of popcorn that says, we want you to enjoy uh, uh, this popcorn along with this movie. And then also in there, there's going to be some literature about our church and, and, and the fact that if they need to know more about Jesus Christ, they have an opportunity to come and be a part of our church. So we're going to present the gospel in many ways. Now, that may mean that there will be some people at home and you will need to interact with them. So you'll need to be able to share the gospel with them. We want you to be comfortable doing that. So where is it that you're going? You're going to our community. What are you going to do? You're going to deliver a little baggie to each and every house in the community. What I did last Friday uh, was I drove through the community that we're going to hit first. We're going to take one and then we're going to work on from there. And I drove through and I went and, and made a map of every little side road uh, that are from here to from Mount Jefferson all the way up to 221, all the way down to 163, and then up to 221, and then down to um, uh, uh, one, of the, one of the roads down there. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, but down there, uh, down 163, and, and we have a detailed map of where we're going. Now, somebody might be saying, well, preacher, is this your idea or is this something that God really wants us to do? And I thought, well, great, they're probably going to ask that question. So let me share with you that it's not just my idea, but it's God's idea that we do this. I'm going to read to you several passages of Scripture just to let you know that this is God's idea more than it is my idea. All right, so uh, put your listening ears on because I'm going to read Several scriptures for you. Starting with Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. And here's what it says. Go. Hmm, interesting. First word. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and then of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Then again in Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And it says, And I said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to the, every creature. Oh, by the way, did anybody catch what are the first two letters of the word gospel? G-O. We're to go with the gospel. All right? Psalms chapter 126, verse 6 says, He that goeth forth with weeping, bringeth precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing in his sheaves with him. Nothing happens until we first go. Now, I could stop there, but I'm not going to. Listen, Acts chapter 5, verse 20 says, Go, stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of, uh, of this life. Jesus said it, and Jesus did it. 
Okay, it's not enough for us just to say Jesus said it, but we need to understand that Jesus did it. If Jesus said it and Jesus did it, should we not be doing it too? Again, Mark chapter 1 verse 38 says, And he said unto them, Let us go uh, into the next town that I may preach there also, and therefore come I forth. Mark chapter 5 verse 19, Jesus cast out demons of a man, and then he said, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for thee and has compassion on thee. Then if that weren't enough, Matthew chapter 13 verse 3 says, And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. Let's went, folks. Let's just go and went. Many used to be in the habit of witnessing to their neighbors. Many used to be in the habit of going out and telling others about Jesus Christ. But I fear that so much of the church, our get up and go, has got up and went. And we're no longer doing it. We have got this mentality that, well, we can't approach people, you know, about their, their faith. Or we can't approach people about where they are in Christ. Who in the world besides Satan thinks that? God certainly doesn't. God certainly says that we're to go and we're to saturate. We're to, to make it known that we serve a God who loves us, who died for us, who gave his life for mine. I read about a football game that was taking place on a home team field. And the home team was being smeared by the visiting squad. Someone out of the sidelines kept yelling, give the ball to Calhoun, give the ball to Calhoun. They tried another play and again the home team was smeared to the ground, losing valuable yardage. Again the cry came from the crowd, give the ball to Calhoun, give the ball to Calhoun. After this happened two or three more times and the familiar cry rang out again and again, give the ball to Calhoun. A tall man from the center of the crowd of boys on the field stood up and said, Calhoun, don't want the ball. I'm afraid all too often that is the case with too many Christians today. We don't want to carry the ball of evangelism to a lost and dying world. We have given up that call to go out and to reach our neighbor for Christ. We need to hear the cry of the crowd of heaven cheering us on that we should leave this seat and go out into a world. We need to hear the voice of the coach as he calls the plays of the coach is none other than Jesus Christ. Can you hear him saying today, it's time for us to get out of our seats and get out into the streets and go and reach our neighbors for Jesus Christ. Again, Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 3, the Lord sent. So we're going to talk about being sent today. Sent them two by two before the face into every city and place, rather he himself would come. Therefore said he unto them, The harvest is truly great, the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into the harvest. We are to go your way, he says. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among the wolves. And then again, John chapter 15, verse 16, You, are not, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. Luke chapter 15, verse 4. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one 
of them. Does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he find it. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 15 verse 25, And now I go unto Jerusalem to minister unto the saints. Again in Galatians 2.9 he said, We should go unto the heathen. Acts chapter 28 verse 26 says, Go unto the people and say, Hearing you shall hear. Acts 8 verse 29, Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself in the chariot. Finally, let's look at our text that we looked at this morning in Luke chapter 14, verses 21 through 23. Listen to what he says. So the servant came and showed him his Lord these things, and the master of the house became angry and said to the servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done just as you have commanded. But lo, there is much room still in the house. And the Lord said unto him, unto the servant, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that the house may be filled. In most cases in scripture, the word translated go is what we call the present or progressive tense, meaning literally as you are going. As you are going through life, as you are living out your life, take the gospel of Jesus Christ to those around you. Have you ever wondered why God left us here? Why God didn't just snatch us up the moment that we became Christians and take us up to heaven? Because he certainly wants us to live our lives as we're going so that we can take as many with us as we can. He wants us to go out and to win as many possible. My friends, it is go time. The times in which we're living, the times are now that we must go. The time to stop sitting still is at hand, and the time to go to work is at hand. It's time for us to get up and go. So here's the first part of our plan. This Wednesday night at 7 o'clock in our fellowship hall, we need each and every one of you to come. I have picked up or had picked up 250 of these packages. They are not put together. They are individual items. So we're going to have a packing party this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock in the fellowship hall. So everybody that's been coming to Bible study, you will go downstairs. Everybody that's been coming to choir, you go downstairs. All the kids' classes, the teenage classes, we're going all downstairs. Everybody that hasn't come, that better come, that needs to come, that should come, needs to be downstairs Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. And we're going to have a packing party where we're going to put these items in these bags. We're going to pray over them that the Holy Spirit of God will take every one of these and use them for the furtherance of his kingdom work so that souls will be one to the glory of God and that God in his house shall be full. But listen, let me just say to you, it won't happen, it can't happen if you don't show up. If you're not here, you won't be a part of what God is going to do. So the very first thing that you need to do is show up. Don't miss out on this exciting time. These days, it seems as though that it's hard enough just to get people to come. Just hard enough to get them to come on a regular basis, much less to go. So listen, I understand that it's difficult to get people to come. I see it every week. 
but I know that it is even more difficult to get them to go. So my cheerleading skills are this, get up and let's get going. It's go time, folks. Now, I could stop right there and say I've said enough for today, but there is a message in the words of the Lord here today. And I want you to hear what God is telling us that we need to do. How does God say that it is go time? First of all, he says, let's go and initiate contact with them. In Luke chapter 14, verse 16, the Lord himself reminds us that a certain man made a great supper and bade, that word bade means to invite, many in. You know, the Lord himself has said, I have come to seek and to save those that were lost. He wants to reach people for the cause of Christ. He is welcoming them in, but he's telling us that we need to go and invite them. We need to make a contact with them. We need to initiate contact with them. Let's go get them. Let's go out where they are and bring them to where we are. But whom shall we go and get? Well, let's consider, first of all, not let's consider the map, first of all. Let's go ahead and say that that Jesus says, go ye therefore into your own neighborhoods. Go into your Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and then the uttermost parts of the world. He says, go to your area. We're going to Ash County, but not just anywhere in Ash County. We're going to meet and, and go up and down right here by our church. We want them to know that we're concerned about them that are out there not coming here. Now, I know that we'll go to many houses where people are, are going to church somewhere, and that's okay. Nothing, nothing wrong with them hearing that Jesus loves them. But where, who are we to go to? Well, consider what Jesus said in verses 12, 13, and 21. Many uh, of them, he said, maybe uh, we need to go to the poor people like Barab, uh, uh, Bartimaeus, the rich person like Zacchaeus. Maybe we need to go to the religious person like Nicodemus. The sick people like the impotent man. Maybe we need to go to the wicked people like the woman at the well. Maybe we need to go to black people like the Ethiopian eunuch. Maybe we need to go to the working class people like James and John who were mending their nets or the political leaders like Cornelius or the social people like Lydia. And then, of course, we need to go to the little people, the children. For Jesus said, suffer them to come unto me. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 14. The very occasion of this parable, if you look at it, is all about Jesus having a meal with sinners. Now, I read about the story of a little girl from England who came running home to her mother after church and said, Mommy, Mommy, my name is in the Bible. She was so excited. My name is in the Bible. The mother answered, My child, your name is not in the Bible. Edith, honey, is not a name from the Bible. And she says, Mommy, it is. The preacher preached on it today. My name is in the Bible. And she said, My little child, your name is not in the Bible. But she said, I can tell you what the preacher said today. She said, Okay, tell me what the preacher said. And she said, Jesus received the sinners and eateth with them. What a blessing to know that her name is in the Word. What a blessing to know that my name and your name, if we have come to Jesus Christ, has been written down in the Lamb's book of life. But what about the others? 
What about those that are down the street and up the street and across the street and around the street and, and down the hill? Has their name been written in the Lamb's book of life? Did you know that nowhere in the Bible does it say that God commands the lost people to come to church? Absolutely not. But everywhere we see, we are commanded to go where they are. To go initiate contact with them. Where should we go? Jesus told us. Go into all the world. He then also said, go into the streets and the lanes. Into the highways and the hedges. Go out to where they are, where they're living. Go to their homes and invite them to come in. God is leading us to a group of people that are thirsty, seeking, and interested. My friends, the Bible tells us the fields are white unto the harvest, but we're sitting in the church instead of working the fields. It is go time. It's time for us to get up and to get out of our seats and go and make an initial contact with those people in our community. The second thing that we learn from this is that it's let's go and inform them. If we look at what he says in verses 16 and 17, he said unto them, A certain man made a great supper and bade many. And then he sent a servant out to do what? Tell them it's time. Tell them it's time for them to come. The table is set. The meal is ready. I want to give them a feast. All they got to do is come in. The second phase of our plan will take place next Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock. Next Sunday afternoon, weather permitting, at 3 o'clock, we're all going to meet here. And what we're going to do is we're going to take the 250 bags that we have made up, and we're going to take them, and I'm going to assign you different little roads that you can go out, and you can go door to door and leave them. And so that every house in these areas around our church will receive a gospel message from our church. Now, here's the important thing. Again, you must be present to be a part of what God wants us to do. You can't say, well, preacher, that's a good idea that you got, and, and I'm all for it. I think it's a great idea. Enjoy, but I won't be there. Let me just remind you that this is something that I have figured out that it doesn't matter what age you are, you can be a part of this. You can do this. From children to senior adults, you can do this. You know, for some of us, we live right here in this community. For some of us, it's easy for us just to go to our neighbor and say, hey, I want to give you this in the name of Jesus. You don't have to go far to do much for Jesus. The third thing that we learn is that let's go and inspire them. Let's go and inspire them. There is a need for Christians to be alive, alert, and awake because the world is watching and looking for something real. They're looking for something authentic. They're looking for a Christian life that means something, that, that, that matters, that, that is exciting in a time when, when we're living, in a time when, when life is not as exciting as it once was. They're looking for hope, and they're looking for help. There's a tremendous need in our life today, in our world, for zeal and inspiration. 
Did you know that the message of the gospel is, is not only exciting, it is life-changing. And if it is exciting and life-changing, shouldn't Christians be enthusiastic about living for Jesus? We should not be the most boring people in the world. We should be the most excited people in the world. We may not have everything to live for in this world, but I've got everything to live for in the world to come. You see, it's not about what I have. It's about what he's going to give me when I get there. You see, I want you to understand that, that the Christian life should should not only represent the gospel, it should be as exciting as the gospel. The gospel is life-changing and eternity-altering. And a great church such as this one is rare and precious in our world today. This next statement that I'm going to make is a statement that I want you to hear that that I have felt about this church since the, the first day that I walked through the doors. And in almost 20 years of serving here, I can tell you that my view of this church has not changed for the worse, but for the good. And listen to this statement. There's no place like this place anywhere near this place, so this must be the place. When I came here, I was looking for a place to serve the Lord that had a heart to serve the Lord, a desire to reach its community for Christ, to reach its world for Christ. And when I looked and listened as to what this church stood for and represented, I knew this was the place. I knew that this was the place where I wanted to serve the Lord along with these people who wanted to serve the Lord. Now, the one downfall about being here as long as I have is that that first generation of folks, many of them have gone on, or many of them have grown older. But we have seen the Lord be faithful to replenish the congregation with people with the same heart, the same desire, and the same will. And so that 20 years in, I can tell you that this is still the place I want to serve the Lord. With the people that I want to serve with. So in making that statement, I need to address an elephant in the room. And that elephant is something that we need to seriously look at and consider as we move forward. What I'm referring to is the COVID restrictions that have been forced upon us as a church and as a community. And what I mean by that is that the very idea, the very makeup of this church has been affected 
over the last 18 months as we have been restricted in contact with one another. I was talking to my Sunday school class this morning about how is it that we can possibly have a personal relationship with someone if we have to remain six feet apart. Satan knew exactly what he was doing when he came after the church. Separating the body of Christ so that we would say, you know what, for prevention's sake, we're going to stay distant from one another. For prevention's sake, we're not going to do what we have done all of the, the time that I've been here. We're not going to hug the necks of those that are around us. We're not going to shake the hands and we're not going to greet the people with love and, and devotion as we always have. And if you haven't noticed yet what I've noticed, that that's playing a toll on our church. People are beginning to feel as though that they are not important, that they're invisible, that nobody cares. And if we are feeling that way in the church, we are representing that way in our community. And so folks, I'm here to tell you today that we need to we need to pray about this. We need to do everything that we can to overcome this fear and start moving forward. We need to return back to the, to the, to the love and the friendship and fellowship that we once had in this church. The many visitors that have come these last many months that have visited with us, unfortunately, have not experienced the joy and the fellowship and the love that you all are accustomed to sharing. Over the years, I've been asked by many of folks, how did you do it? How did you get your people to be so loving, so kind to people that are coming through the doors? And I had to be honest, I didn't do it. I didn't have anything to do with it. And here's been my answer for 20 years. I believe that it is in the DNA of this church that it is in the very makeup of who this church is to love people, to respond with grace and compassion and with fellowship and love one to another. And Satan's attacked that. And we're beginning to play the toll for that. And folks, we need to overcome that. If out of safety's sake, we need to continue to, 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 to make sure that we don't take any chances of spreading anything for a, a, a little bit longer, then, then let's do that. But let's find other ways to let people know, I love you, even if it is for temporary from a distance. That you're special. That you're important. That you're needed here in the fellowship of the, the church. It won't work somewhere else. you got to be here among the family of God. Folks, we've got to do what we can to fill back up the seats that are now empty because of COVID. 
And the only way that we're going to do it is by expressing that DNA love and fellowship and, and, and relationship that is instilled within the body of Christ. I want you to know that I thought long and hard about how this is affecting our church. And it breaks my heart to know that there are people who are not feeling the love of Jesus that this church has to offer. So with that, let me say this. We have been called into the greatest business in all of the world. We've been called to God's business. So let's get back to doing God's business. Let's love people. Let's love one another. Let's love one another in such an exciting and, 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 and dramatic way that the world around us says, that's the kind of people I want to be around. The last thing I want us to learn today from our text is that we're to let go, let's go and involve them. In, Matthew, or in Luke chapter 14, verse 23, the Lord said, And the Lord said unto the servant, Go ye into the highways and the hedges, and compel them to come into my house, that it may be full. God's desire is to bring people in that they might be here. And what's the purpose for them being here? I go to Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, and listen to what it says. Once we bring them in, we are to teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded thee. We're to go and bring, but we're to go and bring to teach. Once people are invited to come to Christ, informed of the goodness of the Lord and inspired by the family of God, it is our job to teach them all the truths of this word. God didn't tell us, teach them the doctrine of your church. He said, tell them all of the things that I've commanded you. Every command that I know comes from God's word. We're to teach his word. So if Matthew chapter 28, Jesus told his followers to teach simply reminds us that they were not content to go and reach and leave them there, but they were to reach and teach them. They teach them all that I have commanded you. The nations are taught to love what God loves and to hate what God hates. They are taught to fear the Lord and serve Him faithfully with all of your heart. For you consider what great things he has done for you. We're not just commanded to go, my friends. We are commanded to go and to bring them in and to teach them the things of God. We desire to be faithful to the Lord's commission 
and make disciples of all nations, meaning all people. We must teach and we must do it without reservation. We cannot reach until we go. And once we go and we reach, we need to teach. As the Bible says, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Again, Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, we read that Jesus told His followers not to teach the nations, just to teach the nations, but all that I have commanded you, but to, deserve, or to observe also all that I have commanded you. The command to teach is not just telling others. It is living it out before them. It is showing them. As Joe Howard famously says, I'd rather see a sermon than hear it. The world is saying the same thing. It's one thing for you to say it, but I want to see you live it. We as the church need to be living what we say we believe instead of saying we believe something that we're not living. The command to teach is not just telling. It's a command to teach them obedience by showing them that we are obedient to His commands. The truths of the Bible are not just to be memorized, but they are to be lived. Those who obey His teaching demonstrate a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. If Jesus is your Savior, then He is your Lord. You've heard me say this many, many times. If He is not Lord of all your life, He is not Lord at all in your life. And therefore, He cannot be your Savior. Our desire of reaching and teaching should be that we result in God changing lives. As a result, Ezekiel 36 says that they receive a new heart and a new spirit. Church, if we go and do what God has commanded us to go and do, we must be ready for what God is going to give us as a reward for doing so. So that leads me to another area that I need to speak to you this morning from my heart. And that is that if you look in the bulletin, you will see that there are many positions of teachers that we need to teach the Word of God to the people that we already have right now. If we say that we believe that God has called us to go and to teach, and we want to teach those that we go and reach, then we better be teaching those that He's already given us. It's time that we step up to the plate, folks. I know that you're tired. I know that you've done it for years. But none of us can stop now. The Bible tells us that we must continue until He comes. And we must have teachers for those that God wants to give us. So let me close with an illustration. I read about a, a tribe of natives in South America who lived in the jungle, who learned that certain leaves from a certain tree would give them extra energy and strength. 
and would keep them from growing hungry throughout the day. So they began to eat the leaves regularly. They seemed strong, they seemed energetic, and they seldom got hungry throughout the day. However, a few weeks later, a few of them started to die. After an investigation revealed that they had starved themselves to death. You see, for the leaves had tranquilized them and tricked them with a false drug-like energy that caused them not to feel hunger and to continue to go on until they dropped. I believe it is quite obvious that Satan has had a great success in getting many Christians today to be perfectly satisfied with the humdrum routine of just coming to church, taking part in the formalities of a service, carrying on the functions of of social ministry, and thinking that that's all we need to do to please and honor God. But the truth of the matter is, they're simply spiritually dying, starving their souls of the work of the Great Commission of going out and sharing the gospel with those that need it. Surely the only answer is to get back to the basics of going after people and carrying out God's great command. Church, it's go time. And I've got one question left to ask you. Will you come and go? Ash County needs you. The church needs you. Christ is calling you. Will you come and will you go? Let me pray for you. Father, as we bow our heads and our hearts in the presence of the Lord, as we close our time this morning, Lord, we are mindful, O Lord, that we've been called to come and to go. And so, Father, as we do, as we ponder that thought, as we think about whether we will, I pray that your Holy Spirit would minister unto the hearts and lives of people. I pray that you would work among your children and that, Lord, that they would know that we have been called to go, but the question is, will we go? Lead God and direct us, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. I think today, as we close our time today, I want you just to leave thinking. If there's someone here this morning that needs to talk to me, that needs to pray, I'm going to be here. I'm in no hurry. But instead of lingering with an invitation or some kind of pull on your heartstrings, I want you to think today. I want you to ask yourself the question, am I called to go? And if I'm called to go, will I go? As you leave this place today, I want you to know that you are not just leaving church. 
you're entering a mission field of people that need to hear the gospel. And they need you to tell them. So what I'm going to do is, is dismiss our time this morning. And if you need to see me, I'll be at the back of the room. Just let me know and I'll be glad to stay. And we'll come to the altar, do whatever we need to do. But I want you to leave this morning just thinking, am I called to go? And if I am, will I go?